story ten of the third circle by frank norris this librivox recording is in the public domain story ten a defence of the flag it had been the celebration of the feast of the holy st patrick and the various irish societies of the city had turned out in great force sons of erin finians cork rebels and all the procession had formed on one of the main avenues and had marched and countermarched up and down through the american city had been reviewed by the mayor standing on the steps of the city hall and wearing a green sash and had finally disbanded in the afternoon in the business quarter of the city so that now the streets in that vicinity were full of the perspiring members of the parade the emerald colour flashing in and out of the slow-moving maze of the crowd like strands of green in the warp and woof of a loom there were marshals of the procession with batons and big green rosettes breathing easily once more after the long agony of sitting upon a nervous horse that walked sideways there were the occupants of the endless line of carriages with their green sashes stretching their cramped and stiffened legs there were the members of the various political clubs and secret societies in their one good suit of ready-made clothes cotton gloves and silver-fringed scarves there was the little girl with green tassels on her boots who had walked by her father's side carrying a set bouquet of cut flowers in a lace paper holder there was the little boy who wore a green high hat with a pipe stuck in the brim and who carried the water for the band and there were the members of the groups upon the floats with overcoats and sacks thrown over their costumes and spangles the men were in great evidence in and around the corner saloons talking aloud smoking drinking and spitting and calling for jim or connors or duffy over the heads of the crowd and what with the speeches and the beer and the frequent fights and the appropriate damning of england and the orangemen the day promised to end in right spirit and proper mood it so came about that young shotover on his way to his club met with one of these groups near the city hall and noticed that they continually looked up towards its dome and seemed very well pleased with what they saw there after he had passed them some little distance shotover as well looked up in that direction and saw that the irish flag was flying from the staff above the cupola shotover was american bred and american born and his father and mother before him and their father and mother before them and so on back till one brought up in the hold of a ship called the mayflower further back than which it was not necessary to go he never voted he did not know enough of the trend of national politics even to bet on the presidential elections he did not know the names of the aldermen of his city nor how many votes were controlled by the leaders of the dirigo or comanche clubs but when he was told that the russian mujik or the bulgarian serf who had lived for six months in america long enough for their votes to be worth three dollars was as much of an american citizen as himself he thought of the shotovers who had framed the constitution in seventy five had fought for it in thirteen and sixty four and wondered if this were so he had a strange and stubborn conviction that whatever was american was right and whatever was right was american and that somehow his country had nothing to be ashamed of in the past nor afraid of in the future for all the monstrous corruptions and abuses that obtained at present 
but just now this belief had been rudely jarred and he walked on slowly to his club the blood gradually flushing his face up to the roots of his hair once there he sat for a long time in the big bay window looking absently out into the street with eyes that saw nothing very thoughtful all at once he took up his hat clapped it upon his head with the air of a man who has made up his mind and went out turning in the direction of the city hall whence arrived there no one noticed him for he made it a point to walk with a brisk determined air as though he were bent upon some especially important business which i am he said to himself as he went on and up through tessellated corridors between court-rooms and offices of clerks commissioners and collectors it was a long time before he found the right stairway which was a circuitous ladder-like flight that wormed its way upward between the two walls of the dome the door leading to the stairway was in a kind of garret above the top floor of the building proper and was sandwiched in between coal bunkers water tanks and gas meters Jotover tried it and found it locked he swore softly to himself and attempted to break it open he soon concluded that this would make too much noise and so turned about and descended to the floor below a negro with an immense goitre and a black velvet skull-cap was cleaning the woodwork outside a county commissioner's door he directed shotover to the porter in the office of the weather bureau if he wished to go up in the cupola for the view it was after four by this time and shotover found the porter of the weather bureau piling the chairs on the tables and sweeping out after office hours well you see said this one we don't allow nobody to go up in the cupola you can get a permit from the architect's office but i guess they'll be shut up there by now oh i'm sorry said shotover i'm leaving town to-morrow and i particularly want to get the view from the cupola they say you can see well out into the ocean the porter had ignored him by this time and was sweeping up a great dust shotover waited a moment you don't think i could arrange to go up there this afternoon he went on the porter did not turn around we don't allow no one up there without a permit he answered i suppose returned shotover that you have the keys no answer you have the keys haven't you the keys to the door there at the foot of the stairs we don't allow no one to go up there without a permit didn't you hear me before shotover took a five-dollar gold piece from his pocket laid it on the corner of a desk and contemplated it with reflective sadness i'm sorry he said i particularly wanted to see that view before i left well you see said the porter straightening up there was a young feller jumped off there once and a woman tried to do it a little while after and the officers in the police station downstairs made us shut it up but s long as you only want to see the view and don't want to jump off i guess it'll be all right and he leaned one hand against the edge of the desk and coughed slightly behind the other while he had been talking shotover had seen between the two windows on the opposite side of the room a very large wooden rack full of pigeon-holes and compartments the weather and signal flags were tucked away in these but on the top was a great folded pile of bunting it was sooty and grimy and the new patches in it showed violently white and clean but shotover saw with a strange and new catch at his heart 
that it was tricoloured if you will come along with me now sir said the porter i'll open the door for you shotover let him go out of the room first then jumped to the other side of the room snatched the flag down and hiding it as best he could followed him out of the room they went up the stairs together if the porter saw anything he was wise enough to keep quiet about it i won't bother about waiting for you said he as he swung the door open just lock the door when you come down and leave the key with me at the office if i ain't there just give it to the fellow at the newsstand on the first floor and i can get it in the morning all right answered shotover i will and he hugged the flag close to him going up the narrow stairs two at a time after a long while he came out on the narrow railed balcony that ran around the lantern and paused for breath as he looked around and below him then he turned quite giddy and sick for a moment and clutched desperately at the handrail resisting a strong impulse to sit down and close his eyes seemingly insecure as a bubble the great dome rolled away from him on all sides down to the buttresses around the drum and below that the gulf seemed endless stretching down 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 to the thin yellow ribbon of the street underneath him the city hall itself dropped away a confused heap of tinned roofs domes chimneys and cornices and beyond that lay the city itself spreading out like a great gray map over it there hung a greasy sooty fog of a dark brown colour in places the higher buildings overtopped the fog here it was pierced by a slender church spire in another place a dome bulged up over it or again some skyscraping office building shouldered itself above its level to the purer cleaner air looking down at the men in the streets shotover could see only their feet moving back and forth underneath their hat-brims as they walked the noises of the city reached him in a subdued and steady murmur and the strong wind that was blowing brought him the smell of the vegetable gardens in the suburbs the odour of trees and hay from the more distant country and occasionally a faint whiff of salt from the ocean the sight was a sort of inspiration to shotover the great american city with its riches and resources boiling with the life and energy of a new people young enthusiastic ambitious and so full of hope and promise for the future all striving and struggling in the forepart of the march of empire building a new nation a new civilization a new world while over it all floated the irish flag shotover turned back seized the halyards and brought the green banner down with a single movement of his arm then he knotted the other bundle of bunting to the cords and ran it up as it reached the top the bundle twisted turned on itself unfolded suddenly caught the wind and then in a single long billow rolled out into the stars and bars of old glory shotover shut his teeth against a cheer and the blood went tingling up and down through his body to his very fingertips he looked up leaning his hand against the mast and felt it quiver and thrill as the great flag tugged at it the sound of the halyards rattling and snapping came to his ears like music he was not ashamed then to be enthusiastic and did not feel in the least melodramatic or absurd he took off his hat and as the great flag grew out stiffer and snapped and strained in the wind looked up at it and said over softly to himself 
lexington valley forge yorktown mexico the alamo eighteen twelve gettysburg shiloh the wilderness meanwhile the knot of people on the sidewalk below that had watched his doings had grown into a crowd the green badge was upon every breast and there came to his ears a sound that was out of chord with the minor drone the worst sound in the human gamut the sound of an angry mob the high windy air and the excitement of the occasion began to tell on shotover so that when half an hour later there came a rush of many feet up the stairway and a crash upon the door that led up to the lantern he buttoned his coat tightly around him and shut his teeth and fists when the door finally went down and the first man jumped in shotover hit him terence shannon told about this afterwards it was a birdie ah but say you ought to seen him he let go with his left like the piston-rod of the engine what broke loose that time in the power-house and duffy had an eye like a fried egg ever since the crowd paused partly through surprise and partly because the body of mr duffy lay across their feet and barred their way there were about a dozen of them all more or less drunk the one exception was terence shannon who was the candidate of the boss of his ward for a number on the force in view of this fact shannon was trying to preserve order he took advantage of the moment of hesitation to step in between shotover and the crowd ah oh, say you fellows rattle me slats sure do you think the city hall is a place to scrap with a jug only two floors below you'll be having the whole shootin match of the force up here in a minute maybe you would like to sober up in a hole in the wall now just pipe down quiet like and swear em in regular at the station house downstairs you've got a straight disturbin the peace case wid him ah sure straight goods i ain't givin yer no gee but the crowd stood its ground and glared at shotover over shannon's head then connors yelled and drew out his revolver Byers, we've got a right he exclaimed it's the board of aldermen gave us the permit to show the green flag of old ireland here to-day it's him as is breaking the law not we confound you confound you was not what mr connor said he's dead on said shannon turning to shotover it's all you can do you're actin again the law shotover did not answer but breathed hard through his nose wondering at the state of things that made it an offence against the american law to protect the american flag but all at once shannon passed him and drew his knife across the halyards and the great flag collapsed and sank slowly down like a wounded eagle the crowd cheered and shannon said in shotover's ear twas to save your life me boy they're out for blood sure now said connors using several altogether impossible nouns and adjectives now run up the green flag of old ireland again or you'll be sorry and he pointed his revolver at shotover say cried shannon in a low voice to shotover say he's dead stuck and doin' you dirt i can't hold him ah say connors quit your foolin will you put up your flash-box put it up or or but just here he broke off and catching up the green flag threw it out in front of shotover and cried laughing you'll not have the heart to shoot now shotover struck the flag to the ground set his foot on it and catching up old glory again flung it around him and faced them shouting now shoot but at this in genuine terror shannon flung his hat down and ran in front of connors himself fearfully excited and crying out 
for god's sake connors you don't dast do it wake up will you it's mornin do you want to have us all jugged for twenty years it's treason and rebellion and i don't know what all for every mug in the gang if you're just so much as crook that finger put it up you damned fool this is a cat what has changed colour something of the gravity of the situation had forced its way through the clogged minds of the others and as shannon spoke the last words connor's forearm was knocked up and he himself was pulled back into the crowd you cannot always foretell how one man is going to act but it is easy to read the intentions of a crowd shotover saw a rush in the eyes of the circle that was contracting about him and turned to face the danger and to fight for the flag as the shotovers of the old days had so often done in the books the young aristocrat invariably thrashes the clowns who set upon him but somehow shotover had no chance with his clowns at all he hit out wildly into the air as they ran in and tried to guard against the scores of fists but their way of fighting was not that which he had learned at his athletic club they kicked him in the stomach and when they had knocked him down stamped upon his face it is hard to feel like a martyr and a hero when you can't draw your breath and when your mouth is full of blood and dust and broken teeth accordingly shotover gave it up and fainted away when the officers finally arrived they made no distinction between the combatants but locked them all up under the charge of drunk and disorderly End of story ten